You guys, welcome to episode 55 of The Smush Room, the podcast that deep dives into well-known and more importantly, not so well-known hookups of your favorite reality TV stars. It's me, Troy McKeady, and um, my God, have I got a show for you. You know, every time I say that, I know that I say it every week, and like at this point it feels disingenuous, but I just have to tell you the backstory. When I say that, I'm actually channeling Cher, because as a child, shout out to my friend Russ Martin, who I actually had this conversation with. Um, like last year and he knew what I was talking about but when I was little and when you were little when we were all little when we were cheerings Cher Cher had a workout video Um, it was like a step fitness video if you guys remember the step um, which I actually live for like I still I still consider the step a great uh, a great um use of cardio what um anyway but Cher had a workout video and it was it's a, it's on youtube it's the greatest thing in the entire world it truly is a great workout and when i was little my mom and my grandmother used to do it all the time like share fitness um and they wonder why i'm gay by the way uh but there's like a part at the beginning of the video where Cher walks towards the camera and like with her super stiff face and like barely moving body she says have I got a workout for you? And then it goes into like an 80s share song and it's great. It's like truly a masterpiece. It's a gym. Why are we talking about this within one minute of this episode? You guys, I'm just a little jazzed up. It's 1215. It's the middle of the night where I am. It's super late. Um, I'm just finishing my notes on this podcast and I was going to record this tomorrow But I figured I'm all jazzed up and I may as well just do it tonight. You know what I mean? Not to get it over with, but because I don't know if I'll be able to harness this energy again. And I know that in the past I've talked about, you know, I've talked a big game about, you know, my research and the notes I take for this podcast, which I love doing. But I thought that I had really reached like peak insanity And I realized sort of halfway through this that I wasn't even, I've never, I was never prepared to do this episode. I was never like, I don't know what the hell I thought I was, I don't know what I was thinking, sitting here and thinking like, oh, I can cram all of this insanity into one episode. There's no fucking way. So I'm telling you right off the top that this is a part one. I'm going to do a part two to this episode next week where we will conclude the life of Charlie Sheen. You guys, can we talk? I I had the nerve. Can you believe me? Like, can you believe me? I had the nerve to sit here and act like, oh, I'll be able to do a full-on Charlie Sheen episode in like an hour and a half, and I'll give the people what they want, and we'll wrap it up, and it'll be great, and we'll tie it in a bow and ship it off. Like, that's what I truly thought in my head. Delusional. Delusional. There's no possible way you can fit all of the Charlie Sheen insanity into one hour. It's just not possible. Especially when you spend the first two minutes talking about Cher's fitness DVDs from the 80s. Um, I'm specifically talking about Charlie Sheen and Denise Richards today, so this is the sort of tame, the tame prelude to the second part of this episode, which is gonna be fucking insane, involving, you know, uh, oh my god, Brooke Mueller and, uh, what's her name? Fucking Heather, uh, why can't I think of Heather's last name right now? You know, 
Melrose Place. Oh, God, don't you hate when people do this? Hold on, let me Google it so I can put both of us out of our misery. Heather, Heather Locklear, who has been in the news very recently for having all these little, you know, mental breakdowns and, you know, having standoffs with the police and drinking in her car and, um, you know, all this crazy shit. Just a, there's a lot going on. But today I'm focusing specifically on Denise Richards and Charlie Sheen. Um, also on brand because Denise Richards may possibly be joining the cast of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Can we talk? So I don't know. It's. You know, I'm just giving it over to God, as I always do. I mean, you guys know I'm a good Christian, and I am shepherded through this podcast by God. So I just, I hope that I can make it through. I've never taken so many notes and not finished. Like, I've never taken this amount of notes and not finished my, like, research or finished the person's life. I'm not even anywhere near being done with Charlie Sheen's relationships and with this craziness. We're not even going to get to the tiger blood in this episode. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we're not even going to get to that level of Charlie Sheen because we're not there yet. But like I said, don't worry. Next week, I'm doing a Brooke Mueller, Charlie Sheen episode. It's going to be great. But we got to start from the beginning. So why don't we go ahead and just get started. Like, truly settle in. Like, (laughs) pull your loved ones close. Nestle in. Share a blanket. If you have a hot tea, go ahead and stir it up. Get it ready to go. Like, truly, I mean, really be prepared. You know what I mean? Be prepared fully for what is about to happen. So Charlie Sheen and Denise Richards started dating in May of 2001. They got engaged in January of 2002. And they got married on June and June of the same year. Uh, They divorced on November 30th of 06 for an array of reasons, as you can imagine. Uh, Charlie and Denise have two children together who have been very publicly put through absolute hell by their parents. Um, And by their parents, I mean by Charlie. And um, yeah, they met while working on uh, the film Good Advice in the year 2000. And they started dating after Denise guest starred on Charlie's series, Spin City, also starring Heather Locklear. And uh, yeah, they're known for having one of the messiest, ongoing, longest, messiest, messiest, messiest divorces in Hollywood history. Um, I mean, it continues up to an hour ago. I mean, it's constantly something that's being talked about. And uh, yeah, I wanted to start today with Denise because Denise is truly our palate cleanser. Like Denise is like... In this specific scenario, I was about to say situation or something, I don't know. Um, In this specific situation, Denise is really the appetizer. She is just a a crudetat. Is that the correct term? You know what I mean? She's a piece of ham on a biscuit. Like She's, you know, in comparison to Charlie, who was just a full fucking animal's legs sat down in front of us with a fork and knife. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... It's a nice transition. Um, Denise Richards grew up in Downers Grove, Illinois. Her dad was a telephone engineer and her mom owned a coffee shop. And uh, Denise and her family are about as Illinois as you can get. Like, Denise has a pretty strong accent, but if you've heard Denise's dad speak, it's like, truly, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, if you watched her reality TV show, he really did sound like, like a a cop in, like, a 90s action film. 
just pure Illinois, you know, like Vicky Gumbelson a little bit, Vicky Gumbelson's family, just pure like Midwestern Illinois hard A's. But he's a really sweet, adorable guy. And I actually think Denise Richards is sweet and adorable too. But I have weird theories about her and I have a lot of things that I need to clear up and things I need to get off my chest and things I need to work through. And just a lot of PTSD weird shit that I need you guys to help me through that we'll get to. Um, her family moved to Oceanside, California in 1989 when she was 15. And she had a pretty normal life as a child. You know, she had parents that loved her. They weren't wealthy. They weren't poor. Um, she was just pretty normal. She was a pretty girl. Um, she, her first gig was in a music video. She was in, um, a, mu a video for the band, uh, Double, uh, and the song was called Captain of Her Heart. Uh, and, uh, not too long after she started working as a model, she got to travel all over the world and, you know, she was a part of all these different campaigns and her agency actually, uh, they sent her to Tokyo for two months after graduating high school. Um, they moved her into this like studio apartment that was in a terrible neighborhood. It was infested with cockroaches. And, um, she said in her memoir, I can never say that word, by the way, that's a really tough one for me. I've really, I've really worked through a lot of words on this podcast, but memoir will never get there. I don't know her. Um, she, you know, she opened the door to this place and she saw literally hundreds of cockroaches covering every crevice of this place. The walls, the floor, the couch. She saw them crawling in her sink. They were going in the cabinets and in the cupboards, in the, uh, in her bedding. She remembered, like, pulling back her bedding and just seeing hundreds of bugs just living underneath the, the blankets. Um, and she said she remembered just shutting the door and running out and crying and, like, not knowing what to do. And, uh... She also, while she was there, became very violently ill while she was living in Tokyo. She asked her modeling agency if she could go home, and they threatened to sue her and her family if she left. So she modeled uh, while having a parasite eating her stomach away uh, because she ate some bad sushi. And um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen, I'm going to have to look it up and then I'll I'll get back to y'all. Like I'll, I'll I'll bring it up again next week. But um, there is a documentary about girls like this who get sent to these other countries um, for modeling gigs. I think that this documentary takes place in Russia, and it shows these girls that are like you know thirteen, fourteen years old. I think the girls in the movie are like fifteen, and you know their families are dirt poor. They have no money. And they're decently looking, sort of awkward 15 or 13, you know, 14 year old girls that have dreams of being supermodels. And they go to these casting calls and these agencies will sign these young girls and then they send them away and have them believe that they're going to like live out this dream where they're going to be like, you know, Nick Nambi Campbell living in Paris and drinking champagne and gallivanting around with a company credit card and like a Chanel blazer. You know what I mean? <laughs> like with like a Polaroid camera, just like living a full on aesthetic. You know what I mean? But what actually happens is these companies send these girls to these dilapidated homes that are in horrible neighborhoods that are unlivable. They're usually infested with bugs like this. And, um, they have no money, they have no, they can barely survive, they can barely eat, um, they get an allowance to, like, eat dinner every night, which is nothing, 
and uh, they just work them like dogs. And they have they don't speak the language. They're young. They're naive. And if they try and leave, they can be sued for whatever you know the cost would be for them to fill you know to um, the cost of the com- combined jobs that they've been signed for. So they were showing these girls that were 15 years old being you know threatened to be sued for like you know twenty thousand dollars or forty thousand dollars. And these are girls that grow up in literal shacks. You know what I mean? Um, specifically, the girls that I saw in Russia. I know this happens like all over the world. I was not surprised at all when I read any of that stuff because I was like, I've definitely seen this before. I will find out the name of that documentary and I will mention it next week, I promise, because it's really good. And uh, yeah. Anyway, Denise was also very notoriously like uh, prude about her body and stuff, even though he, she has this like sex symbol image. Um, she notoriously turns down nude scenes and, uh, which is interesting because it's kind of what people think about when they think of Denise Richards, it's, is her nude scenes, uh, like the, the couple she's had that became really impactful. But when she was a teenager living in Japan, she refused to do any photo shoot that required her to be in underwear. So her agency despised her because that's knocking out like 90% of the jobs that they want them to do. Uh, you know, of course, these, like, 13, 14-year-old girls are, like, the ideal body type and these for these fucking disgusting modeling pedophiles. So, she was uh, considered a, you know, like a bad apple. They hated her. You know, later on in her career, she f- was in a film called Starship Troopers, and the director came to her and told her that, you know, he had written this love scene for her that would require her to be nude, and she actually turned it down, um because she felt the scene had nothing to do with her character, and that was, like, the first of many times that Denise Richards would turn down a nude scene. And after saving a really large portion of money from her modeling, Denise decided she wanted to get just a very small implant. Uh, She grew up being very jealous of her sister's uh, C-cup boobs. You know, she wasn't one of these girls that wanted, like, a Pam Anderson nipples to the wind kind of situation. She just, she wanted like a, a cup size that would fill out a dress or whatever. You know what I mean? She, she wasn't, she wasn't that girl. She's not the girl that you guys think she is. I swear. Like after doing research, I thought the same thing. She's like, not that girl. Um, so she went to this plastic surgeon and she spoke to him about, you know, putting just like a small little B cup implant in, in her breasts and she, ew, breasts. Oh my God. Ugh. Uh, and she, she woke up with size D cup boobs because this guy just sort of took it upon himself to make them bigger. Um, so she lived with these, these giant boobs for a couple years and then she went to go have them corrected before she filmed Wild Things because she didn't want, she didn't want to be the girl in Wild Things that had big giant fake boobs. And, you know, she told the doctor, you know, I had my, my surgery a little bit botched, like this guy did not listen to me at all, and he gave me what he said he thought I would want instead of what I wanted, and I'd like to have them smaller. So she had surgery, and then she woke up with bigger boobs. The second doctor who was supposed to correct her her uh, implants gave her bigger implants. So then she was even bigger than a D-cup. How fucked up is that? Aren't men fucking monsters? My God. Um... And then those breast implants actually ended up rupturing, and she spent 
four months like trying to correct them i mean it's been a whole thing her whole life and she actually said in her book she said now my breasts are the size and shape i've wanted um back when i was 19 and she said though i wish i'd felt confident enough confident enough with my body to have never had surgery in the first place it would have saved me a lot of pain and money uh that's like crazy by the way like Two separate doctors. Not only did you go to another doctor and tell him, I've been scorned by this monster. He just put whatever implant he wanted in me and whatever. And then the guy takes that doctor's advice and just gives her these giant, like, cone boobs. It's crazy. Um, and Denise also did that thing that I always talk about in this podcast where, you know, she was a pretty young girl. Now she has these big, giant double D boobs and... You know, she appeared in a bunch of movies as the hot girl. She was a, a hot girl in Married with Children. I think she, like, walked across the screen for five minutes or something in a bathing suit. Um, she also made guest appearances on Lewis and Clark. She was on Seinfeld. Um, she had a short, like, guest arc on um, Melrose Place. Um, she was on Beverly Hills 90210. And in 1997, when she started in Star Troopers... Um, she was nominated for a Blockbuster Entertainment Award for Favorite Female Newcomer. Cumber? Um, so, yeah, I mean, she was her career was on the up and up. She was a girl that f it felt like she had exciting things in her future. You know, she was pretty. She could act enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> enough to be the lead in a movie. Um, and I guess, you know, according to Hollywood standards, that's kind of all you need. Now, in 1997, though... Wild things. You guys sitting down? Do you have your tea? Do you have your snacks? What are you eating, by the way? Because I'm about to eat a cough drop. That's my snack. That's my snack of choice. Um, you guys, we have to talk about wild things for a second. I have so many things to say. I have so many notes on wild things. I really hope that this movie means as much to you as it does to me. I know that statistically, it can't be all of you that cares about wild things. There are some of you that haven't seen it. Probably Cara Berry. I'm assuming that Cara Berry hasn't seen wild things. I know that it's an outlandish thing to say, but Cara Berry has expo exposed herself as a woman that has not seen iconic films, and I would bet my left lung on the fact that Cara Berry has not seen this movie. And if, Cara, if you're listening, you need to fucking watch Wild Things, girl. Um, let me just start by saying that not only is this one of my favorite movies of all time in film history... This is a movie that I've watched so many times over and over that I can recite dialogue to you. Um, it's a movie that pushed me very far into my preteen sexual awakening and not in the way that you would think. It was more so like, holy mother of God, I like men. Okay, you know what I mean? Like truly, I felt like Matt Dillon was something that I had 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 manifested. I prayed I stared at my Ken dolls and thought, my God, if they could just come to life. And then suddenly I'm seeing this beautiful, raven-haired, raspy-voiced, tan, sort of mysterious, sort of a bad actor, but like in a hot way. You know what I mean? Like, just, he really, I manifested him. I truly invoked Menno. I invoked thee, and I got my man, okay? As Katie Holmes would say, that's my man. That's my man. Um, and I also just have to say, too, that one of my favorite memories of the 90s, or I guess it would be the early 2000s, maybe, 
as a child, was going to Blockbuster and buying this movie because can you imagine how unsavory that looked for a little boy to slide the the Wild Things cassette across the table or across the counter at Blockbuster with like a fucking bag of cotton candy and a Ben and Jerry's Chunky Monkey? Like, clearly she knew what kind of night I was going to be having, but like, not the night that she thought. You know what I mean? Like, in this woman's mind, she probably was like, you little fuck, you're, like, gonna be looking at these girls' boobs, and I wanted to be like, girl, nah-uh-uh, I'm gonna be looking for Matt Dillon's bone sack. Um, Wild Things was released on March 20th, 1998. The movie stars Denise Richards and Nev Campbell, Matt Dillon and Bill Maher, and Kevin Bacon. And Wild Things is a strange movie because it's really, it's it's popular enough and it made enough of a cultural impact that it's what Denise Richards and, in some ways, Nev Campbell, it's what they're kind of known for. Even though, obviously, Nev is known for Scream, but, like, this is also the movie that people bring up. But it's also not a movie that people talk about all the time. It's not, like, you know, some cinema classic that people bring up all the time as being, like, a great film of this time period. Even though it was a great film. Like, Wild Things is a wildly, no pun intended, entertaining film. It's funny, it's sexy, it's campy, it's cheesy, it's kind of scary, it's intriguing. I mean, it really is, like, it's everything you would want in a film. And by the way, it's a sexual thriller, and you know how your boy feels about that. Um, And the movie also really sort of cemented Denise Richards as this sex symbol. You know, she was... That was the sort of trajectory at which her career would take at that point, that she was this big busted, tan, brunette, really sexy hot girl who, like I said, she could act good enough for a film like Wild Things. Uh, I even read that Denise Richards was cast without them hearing her voice. So she literally was cast because of how she looked. Um... And I remember there being a lot of rumblings when this movie came out about Nev Campbell having, like, a no-nudity clause. Because the buzz was, like, oh my god, you know, this is the movie where we're gonna get to see Sidney Prescott's boobs. You know what I mean? And so when the film came out and Nev never actually appeared naked, but Denise was naked several times, I think it the contrast amplified this, like, sex symbol thing that Denise was working on or had fallen into or whatever I don't really I don't really know or really get it but you know I think that like us not seeing Nev made it feel like Denise was like you know in a 90s standard like this wild little whore you know what I mean like because she was like showing her tits flashing her tits all over town that she was Sharon Stone you feel me um speaking of Scream but yeah I don't know I mean I I just I love this movie so much Denise also said in her book that when they asked her about the kissing scene with Nev, they made it clear that they wanted them to, like, actually kiss. Like, they didn't want, you know, like, a movie kiss. They wanted tongue. And she said in her book, the producers asked if it was okay for me to French kiss Nev on camera. She said, usually it's that pretend movie kiss, but they wanted a kiss kiss. And I thought, okay, I'm sure she has nice lips. So Nev and I went in her trailer, shared a picture of margaritas before we did the scene, and got super drunk. She said neither of us had ever kissed a girl, but I guess everyone has their first time. And um, speaking of nude scenes, I read on the IMDb trivia page for this movie, which is always fun, that Kevin Bacon had a, uh, you know, he, Kevin Bacon has, Kevin Bacon 
as a no nudity clause in his contract and uh he didn't realize that he was going to appear naked in the movie and he realized after it came out that he technically if he wanted to could sue himself and take himself to court and actually win money against himself because he breached his own no nudity clause this is a little trivia for you from imdb thanks imdb shout out a sponsor just kidding um now we have to move on i have to move on from wild things because you know how i am i'll fucking sit here and talk about one thing for 40 minutes I can very easily talk about wild things for 40 minutes. I mean, very iconic lines in that movie to recite. Could we just talk for one second really quickly? I don't know if I've brought this up before. I think that I have because I've talked about Scream, which means I probably have. But if I have, I'm going to do it again because it's on brand for me to ramble and repeat things that I've already said. And my friends and I have this joke with Nev Campbell that, like, we call it Nev Campbelling. And you guys can take it, you can adopt it, whatever, like, you know, introduce it into your group. But Nev Campbelling is when you, Nev Campbell has this way of speaking where she's very breathy and it's a lot of like, (laughs) it's a lot of like weird breaths, but like the breaths mean so many things, you know, like if she's in despair, it's a lot of like, (laughs) you know what I mean? A lot of like weird panting and breathing. There's a lot of, um, I, you can't see me, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain to you what I'm doing. There's a lot of, so arm up, shoulder out, or uh, what is this, elbow out, hand touching the hair, head tilted, confused, do you know what I'm saying? A lot of like hand touching the forehead as like a sign of confusion. Not hating, by the way, I love Nev Campbell, but Nev just has this very specific way of talking this very specific way of acting and contorting her face, breathing. It's all very Nev Campbell. And one of my favorite Nev Campbellisms is uh, in this movie when um, when Kevin Bacon touches her, her elbow and she turns around and says, Don't touch me! <laughs> very, it's a very Nev, it's a Nev breath. I don't know really how else to describe it. Don't touch me! You know what I mean? It's very Nev. I don't know, even in, like, there's a scene in The Craft, I'm pretty sure I brought this up on this podcast, but there is a scene in The Craft where, like, she notices that the girl, the girl who, like, moves to her school that, like, becomes the HBIC, that she's able to, like, move her pencil on her own at her desk. And Nev is, like, staring at it, and she's, like, totally entranced. And then it, 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 it she becomes so entranced by it that she, like, does a, a, a breathy Nev thing where she goes... <laughs> I hope you guys can hear that. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, let me do it one more time. (laughs) Um, anyway, let's move on. We should move on, right? It's what's happening right now. It's, it's one in the morning and I'm just, uh, I'm just too jazzed up on Charlie Sheen. So next we have to talk about James Bond. Did you guys forget that Denise Richards was a, was a Bond girl? Because the internet didn't. The internet hates that Denise Richards was a Bond girl. People who love the Bond franchise despise that Denise Richards was a Bond girl. And I like James Bond. I like the Bond films. Um, I grew up in the 90s, obviously. So the Pierce Brosnan, er- Pierce Brosnan area of Bond was like very prominent for me. Um, I do now think that they are the worst films. They're the cheesiest and like they're like comedies, but they're fun, you know? It's what action movies were in the 90s. It was just, like, fun. 
Um, but in 1999, I mean, this was a huge year for Denise. She starred in that year's Bond, which was The World Is Not Enough. And the movie was supposed to sort of transport her into this new level of fame, but it ended up completely backfiring. And I don't think she's ever really recovered from appearing in this movie, to be honest with you. Like, it was such a big deal. It was a huge deal to cast her. And Denise's character was supposed to be this, like, brainy, nerdy, badass, like, scientist. But the problem was that she fit every stereotype that you can imagine from a sexy nerd parody like she kind of looked like a leg avenue costume if that makes sense for like sexy nerd like a bagged polyester costume with like broken glasses and like you know a slutty little shirt with like a tie on it or whatever like that was denise her outfit the whole time consisted of like tied up tank tops where her nipples poked through and like little tiny like little tiny shorts and come like boots she kind of looked like laura croft but like not as chic um denise has been ranked the worst bond girl in the history of the franchise by pretty much every publication that's ever ranked the movies um she also won a razzie award in 1999 for worst supporting actress ironically uh at the same time she was nominated for a blockbuster favorite actress award so you know you win some you lose some you guys i hate to cut you off but at this point i think you know the drill you've got to be a patreon member to hear the remainder of this episode so go to patreon.com slash ebpsychos at that point you will uh be asked to donate and then when you donate at this level you'll get this podcast you'll get the remainder of all the episodes every single week you'll get liz bentley's feathers in my hair which is the teen mom podcast um, you'll get me and Molly's, uh, Brittany and Kevin chaotic special. You'll get all the stuff that Molly does exclusively through Patreon. It's well worth it. And also, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, go to mollyandthepsychos.com. It'll take you straight to it. And, uh, all we do all day and all night is talk about reality TV. It's super fun. So, like I said, patreon.com slash ebpsychos and mollyandthepsychos.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.